This episode of Industry Focus is brought to you by Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Rocket Mortgage brings the mortgage process into the 21st century with a fast, easy, and completely online process. Check out Rocket Mortgage today at quickenloans.com fool. Welcome to Industry Focus, the podcast that dives into a different sector of the stock market every day. I'm Christine Hargis, and after a couple weeks of not doing a show together, I'm pleased to have Motley Fool Healthcare Specialist Todd Campbell calling in. Welcome to the show, Todd. Hi, Christine. It's uh, it's awesome to be back on the show together. Yeah, I'm excited. So this show that you're listening to right now is going to go out on November 23rd, but we're actually pre-recording it. So as I'm saying these words, it is November 18th, and that's because Thursday the 24th is Thanksgiving. So we will not have episodes coming out either tomorrow, meaning Thanksgiving the 24th, or Friday of that week, Black Friday, as most of the team is traveling and spending time with family, and hopefully all of our stateside listeners are doing the same. So, with the holiday in mind, we wanted to share a handful of healthcare companies that have very thankful investors this year. They're up a ton, and in general, just talk about, I don't know, being thankful. Tis the season, right? Absolutely. And Christine, in keeping with that, what are you thankful for this year? I have so much to be thankful for, but fresh on my mind, I just got back from a, a team lunch with the Fool.com editorial team. I am so, so thankful for the people that I work with. They make every day a joy, and they are fantastically competent, and they challenge me every day, and it's just an amazing team to work with. What about it's a you? great group of people. There's no getting around. I think if, you, if you're not at the Fool, you're not involved with the Fool, you just can't fully appreciate just how awesome these people are. We, we have a really good time. <laughs> Yeah, every, every day is something different. What about you, Todd? What are you thankful for? I think maybe I've told you in the past, maybe to listeners, my, my oldest son is in the Navy and he's been stationed overseas and uh, he just came back home. He's home for a month. So we're going to be able to enjoy a nice turkey dinner uh, with everybody at the table this year. We're, I'm very thankful for that. That is amazing. What is the food that you're most looking forward to? This is probably the most important question I'll ask all day. Boy, you know, there's just so much good stuff on our table. But I will admit, I am a sucker for good old-fashioned gravy and stuffing and turkey. Mm. I mean, just the, the basic stuff, you know? Yes. Oh, my gosh. I'm so full from this lunch, and yet I'm still, like, drooling. I love Thanksgiving food. <laughs> all of our listeners. <clears throat> yeah, we're, we're probably making you guys hungry. <laughs> I know. They're all traveling right now, probably. Yeah, or they're, just, like, on their commutes home. Houses, and they're like, yeah, I know we're not there yet, Todd and Christine. <laughs> Someone has to remind me. Starving. Hey, I mean, maybe maybe people are listening to us while they're eating their their turkey. Don't do that. Talk to each other. Fight about <laughs> politics or something. That's right. Anywho, <laughs> let's get to the the turkey of the show, the the meat of the show. That was horrible. Um, so we wanted to talk about some healthcare companies that are up very substantially year to date. And the first one, I believe, is actually of your mid to large size healthcare companies on the major U.S. exchanges, the best performer year to date. It is up around 200%. And this is Exelixis. Right. It's a mid-cap stock now, but it wasn't when you started the year, was it? And maybe that's one of the things that investors are going to be so much, so very hope, uh, thankful for uh, over the course of the past year, because if there is one stock that uh, certainly suffered some pain in 2014 and the first half of 2015, it was Exelixis. I mean, this stock got absolutely hammered. I think it was trading above $7 and at the peak in 2014, and it fell to as little as I think a dollar and a quarter or a dollar and a half uh, at the start of 2015. Just a really, really brutal period. And boy, 
how things have changed in 2016. Yeah, they really hit their stride this year and they essentially took flight commercially. And this is a company that has two drugs, but they're kind of the same drug. So it, it, the drug itself is called chemical name cabozatinib, and it's sold under two different names. So the first one is Cometric and the second one is Cabometics. Um, and the, the first one, uh, Cometric, has been you're not not doing the best pretty no, much it's just, you know yeah it's a, it treats a tiny indication it's been on the market since 2012 and i think last year it brought in like around i don't want to call it a rounding error it's not insignificant but 37 million i mean not, when you're not talking a about lot. when you're talking about the world of of biotech companies 37 million is a pittance of of a sum yeah. Yeah, it's just it's certainly wasn't a stock that would move the needle. And I think that's one of the reasons this stock got hit so hard uh, not that long ago is because they had been doing a study uh, to try and expand it into prostate cancer that fell flat. And after that happened, it cast a lot of doubt on whether or not this drug would be able to be expanded into other indications. Uh, a lot of people obviously walked away on that news. Yet that would have been a big mistake because Late last year, they reported great results in trials, uh, kidney cancer trials, and in April, they won FDA approval for use as a second and third line treatment for advanced kidney cancer cases. And so this now is Cabometics. Right. This would be right. Exactly. It's the same drug, but again, sold as two different under two different brand names. It's a slightly different formulation. I think Cabometics is a tablet. Uh, versus the other one, which is a capsule. I, I'm not 100% positive on that. but Right. And so the, the sales that we mentioned for Cometric, which remember, this is pretty insignificant. So that was $37 million in all of 2015. Meanwhile, Cabometics, if you look at just its first full quarter on the market, which was the third quarter of this year, it sold $31.2 million. Right. So we're already at $120 million annualized run rate uh, in the first quarter post-launch. So that's that's a pretty significant um, uh, catalyst for shares having head higher. And, you know, they the management, uh, Exilis's management has been very vocal this year. They think that they can get a lot bigger on this drug. Not only can they do they think they can win more market share uh, in the second and third line setting, uh, but they also think that they can win market share in the first line setting displacing Pfizer Sutant, which is a, a billion-dollar drug in that setting. Right. So this is a fairly competitive indication, kidney cancer. You have Pfizer Sutant as the standard of care. You also have uh, Bristol-Myers with Opdivo. You have Novartis. They have a drug called Affinitor. So right now, Cavomedics has got a 20% market share as the second-line treatment for kidney cancer. And they also have 35% as a third-line treatment, meaning after you've tried two drugs and they've failed. And so we recently got data that this drug actually beat the standard of care Sutin in the first line. So going forward, you could see them start to, to win some, some market share away from this billion-dollar blockbuster drug. Um, one thing to watch right. out for- It hasn't been approved yet, though, Christine, so we have to remind that to investors. But- you know, so there's there's the caveat. It hasn't been approved for that use yet. Right. Yeah. And so it, it's uh, something to look for. Um, also, I, yeah, I, would... I mean, it, it's hard to imagine, honestly, that they wouldn't uh, approve the supplemental application. If so, then next year is is when we will start to see the, the tailwinds from that. And, you know, we're talking this could add hundreds of millions of dollars of additional dollars in sales to the company in 2017. So. I mean, I don't think the jury's out that this this move in the stock is over, despite the fact that you're already talking about a company that has a 
four plus billion market cap and despite only having you know a hundred and you know if you add everything together 160 million dollars and roughly in sales right they this company does feel to me like they're just in the very beginning of their journey one thing that I will put up as a word of caution Optivo which is the Bristol Myers drug and we've talked about this plenty on the program that's also being studied versus student in the first line so we'll get data for that probably in 2019 and at that point, I, I'm not sure if I would want to be competing against Optivo. Well, you know, it's really confusing. Just to make this even more confusing for investors, there's actually even combination studies going on right now evaluating the use of Optivo plus Cabo. So who knows how this is going to shake out over the course of the next three years or so. But it is an important market, and there are a lot of sales up for grabs. Exactly. And all in all, this is definitely a stock that went from extremely high risk to slightly less risky. You know, they, they now have this one drug kind of two um, on the market, and they've got cash and equivalents of about $380 million at the end of the third quarter. They're expecting another $85 million in milestones later this year. They seem like they might just be heating up. But remains a story to watch. So, the second company that we want to talk about today is a company that is up 70% year to date, which, while not quite as good as 200, I would still I would take that and be very thankful for it. This are we going to use the M word? The M word, Christine? <laughs> are we? Do you, do you want to go the for it? The marijuana. Yeah, so this is the marijuana stock. And it almost makes me cringe to say that because we have said so many times on here that there are no no good marijuana stocks to invest in, or hardly any, actually. But this stock, I guess, is kind of an exception to the rule. It's a legitimate company, which you can't say about 99% of marijuana stocks. And its name is GW Pharmaceuticals. Right. And this shares have, have uh, increased by more than 80% this year. And, and a little bit like uh, the stock we were just talking about, you know, last year, 2015, was a tough year for the company. And, you know, you know they, they were conducting studies. They're basically evaluating the use of uh, cannabinoids or the chemical compounds found in marijuana to treat various uh, conditions. And last year, they had huge studies in cancer pain fall flat, uh, which made a lot of people, including admittedly myself, very doubtful that they would be able to, I guess, deliver positive trial results here in 2016 and some of these other indications they're evaluating. And boy, was I wrong on that. because there, This is actually such a parallel with the story of Exelixis, where they had this one drug, Sativex, that had hardly any sales, and they tried it in cancer pain, and it failed, and people started to doubt them. And then you have this huge but where all of a sudden they try something else and it really, really works. Yeah, but, right? And and that but was a drug is a drug called ep, uh, Epidiolex, or how, how do you want to pronounce it? Epidiolex. That sounds great to me. Oh. Um, and I am that thankful drug... for our listeners' forgiveness on our pronunciations. <laughs> and, and that drug is a formulation of the cannabinoid CBD. Um, so the, the Sativex is THC, which is the psychoactive ingredient in marijuana, and then CBD is the non-psychoactive ingredient. And what they evaluated epidiolexin was Dravat syndrome and Lennox-Gastaut syndrome, which are two rare forms of epilepsy that are exceptionally hard to treat. I mean, patients participating in these trials failed on an average of seven anti-epileptics before turning towards this drug. And yet, despite it being tough to treat, patients participating in this trial who were given this drug saw 40% roughly, give or take, 
uh, reduction in monthly seizures, which is just a tremendous potential improvement over what patients are enduring today in these indications. Absolutely. So this this drug had a couple of different spikes throughout the year. One of them came just recently after the election, and healthcare as a whole, especially biotech, got a big boost from Trump winning the United States presidency. Do you think that was warranted with GW? No, I mean because you know GW Pharmaceuticals isn't um, selling their drug through medical dispensaries. Okay, this is these are FDA quality style <laughs> pathways that they're they're approaching the market through. So they're going to be pers- this, these medicines would be prescribed by doctors filled at regular uh, pharma- pharmacies. They're they're they would be FDA approved for use in these indications. Whereas with medical marijuana. Um, they're not, the treatments aren't as vetted and proven scientifically, if you will, uh, to deliver these kind of benefits. That doesn't mean that GW Pharmaceuticals, if a Pidiolex is approved, wouldn't face competition from patients who may decide to go in and buy Charlotte's Web, which is a very high CBD uh, strain um, it, through a dispensary. But it's it's not really, it's not really a direct line of sight, in my view, between the votes that we saw on the 8th approving medical and recreational marijuana in in a number of states and GW Pharmaceuticals' ultimate success or failure. Makes sense. This episode of Industry Focus is brought to you by Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. If you think that making a Thanksgiving dinner for a big family is stressful, have you gotten a mortgage lately? That is incredibly stressful. But Rocket Mortgage wants to ease that burden by bringing the mortgage approval process into the 21st century. Fast, powerful, and completely online, Rocket Mortgage has taken all of the complicated, time-consuming parts of applying for a mortgage out of the equation. Hate searching through stacks of old files and paperwork? With Rocket Mortgage, you can easily share your bank statements and pay stubs at the touch of a button, helping you get approved in minutes for a custom mortgage solution that's been tailored to your unique financial situation. Even better, with Rocket Mortgage, you can do all of this from your phone or your tablet. It's a quick online process that you can manage from the convenience of your couch. So, if you're looking to refinance your mortgage or buy a home, check out Rocket Mortgage today at quickenloans.com fool. Equal housing lender, licensed in all 50 states, nmlsconsumeraccess.org, number 3030. Thanks again so much to Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans for supporting our podcast. Todd, are you ready to talk about our third and final stock that healthcare investors should be thankful for this year? Absolutely. And this one's going to be a little bit different because we're not talking about two smaller stocks that you know doubled or more. We're talking about a giant in healthcare, and that company is United Health Group. Yes, so this is the largest health insurer in the United States, and it's been steadily climbing higher all year. It's up about 27% from January 1st. Yeah, a huge move and huge outperformance for a big cap stock versus the S&P. And I, and I think what's interesting about this company is similar to, I guess, what the other two companies we talked about. There were a lot of reasons to have some concerns going into the beginning of 2016 in United Healthcare. I mean, they had just come out of December saying, wow, we think we're going to lose hundreds of millions of dollars on uh, Obamacare offered insurance plans this year. And that's going to be a, a drag on what we think we can deliver in earnings per share. I mean, at the beginning of the year, 
I think they were forecasting about $7 in earnings this year. And boy, they lowballed that because their their performance this year is much better than that. And of course, with the outcome of the election, uh, there's a lot of you know people thinking that they could have significant tailwinds if Obamacare is completely rolled back. Right, exactly. So Obamacare could be kind of a, a, a good thing and a bad thing for this company. So we were talking about earlier uh, about Obamacare and how it relates to United Health, and you mentioned that it could be a headwind to their Medicaid segment, but a tailwind to their individual market segment. Can you unpack that a little bit? Yeah, the, their fastest growing piece of their business has been the Medicaid uh, part of of their business, and that's essentially where they run state Medicaid programs. And if you go back in your wayback machine and you start thinking about, okay, what did ACA, what did Obamacare do? One of the things that Obamacare did was it allowed states to either to opt into Medicaid expansion. So thirty plus states uh, chose to increase or decrease, I suppose, the the, the qualification criteria for Medicaid, allowing millions more people to come onto the Medicaid rolls. Uh, that has actually been very profitable for United Healthcare and many others. So that's that's uh, something that we're going to have to watch carefully as investors, because while we on the surface, we may say, wow, there's a lot about Obamacare that is a drag on profitability. There's a there's a health insurance fee that gets charged to health insurance companies for participating in the marketplace. And, you know, this year, I think that fee is going to cost uh, United Health Group about one point eight or one point nine billion. You've got the losses that, you know, theoretically are going to trail off now from offering the plans in those states. And you've also got deregulation that could uh, free them up as far as pricing and how they insure and who they insure that could provide tailwinds. And then some of that will be offset by potentially by this Medicaid side of the business. Exactly. So something that is important to watch out for with United Health is called the medical loss ratio. So the government mandates that at least 80% of the premiums that an insurer collects be paid out then for healthcare costs and quality improvement activities. So then you only have 20% of the, that premium money left over to pay for your administrative, your overhead, your marketing, um, all of the things that form what's called your operating cost ratio. And then after that, that's what you have left as profit. So as an investor, when you're looking at this company, what you want to see is that the the uh, that 80% is essentially what you're at. You don't want to be you don't want to be too far from that 80%. And you also want to see your operating cost ratio be pretty low. And on both of these measures, United Health has done very, very well. I want to say something like 80.3% of That's their exactly premiums. That's exactly what it is, Christine. Yep, 80.3% on the cost ratio. So they're, they're coming right in as low as they can on that. And that that's really great for this company. Um, they've also got a couple of other really awesome things going for them. For example, their Optum segment is growing like a weed, and this was something that we knew going into 2015 or going into 2016 that this would be an important business segment. Um, probably the most important part of it of all is the the PBM, the pharmacy benefits management side of it, which is called Optum RX. Back in 2015, there is an acquisition of Catamaran PBM, and we knew that that was going to give them some economies of scale and we're starting to see that hit where the Optum segment is truly taking off. 
Yeah, healthcare data analytics is a huge area for 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 Optum uh, and a huge potential growth growth driver. You know, they deal with so many patients and so, they have so many data points that they can leverage to try and figure out how to cut costs out of their system, how to treat patients better. That you know, it, it should provide tailwinds throughout the industry, especially since you know health insurance, you know, and health provider costs they're not they're not going lower they continue to trend higher so the need for these kind of uh, uh, innovation and technology innovation still remains very high for these industry for me at least looking at the three companies that we've talked about today united health to me seems like the best buy of them all it's maybe not as as red hot as the other two are but it is strong steady and growing what do you think well, I think that if you're, if, especially if you're an income investor, right? Because it's the only one of the three who actually has a, pays a dividend. It's I think a they yield dividend. about one point six four percent. That's on a thirty two percent payout ratio. That's two thumbs up. That's not bad at all, you know, especially for a company that just saw its share price cl- climb thirty percent. So that's that's good too. Um, so yes, for for income investors, absolutely. If you're if you're a little bit more growth oriented, you got a little bit longer time horizon. Maybe I would lean a little bit towards Exelixis only because they have a chance to turn profitable next year. I think they're estimated the loss for next year by industry analysts is about two cents. So, you know, there's a chance that if they over deliver over the course of the next few quarters, um, that they could actually start to break even next year. And obviously that could uh, create some excitement there. Yeah, that's a great point. All right. So in wrapping up, I want to remind our reader or our listeners about, well, actually, I do kind of mean our readers, about a very special offer that we're putting together. We would like all of us, all, all of our listeners to write in with their favorite investing books that they know of or any book that's helped shape the way that you think about economics or the market or how you make your decisions. So please shoot us an email at industryfocus@fool.com, and we're going to compile the list and we'll send it out to everybody that writes in and we'll do another pitch once we have the list to see if anybody just wants to mooch off of everybody else's recommendations and hopefully that'll be a nice way to close out your 2016. All right, Todd, thank you so much. I hope you have a lovely Thanksgiving and same to all of our listeners. As always, people on the program may have interests in the stocks that they talk about and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. For Todd Campbell, I'm Christine Harges. Thanks for listening and have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving.